Christ and the Holy Spirit from Berlin. Today is the fourth Sunday of Kiyak and the last Sunday, the feast of the, the birth of our Lord is this third coming Thursday, so we celebrate Wednesday night, the feast, inshallah. In the past four Sundays, we have read the Gospel, the first chapter of St. Luke, and the events within the Gospel of St. Luke. We remember the first Sunday, we see the announcement of the Archangel Gabriel to Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist. In the second week, the Annunciation of Gabriel, Archangel Gabriel to the Virgin Mary about the birth of Christ. Last Sunday, we saw the meeting between Elizabeth and the Virgin Mary. And this Sunday is the birth of John the Baptist and his circumcision. Our Lord called St. John the Baptist the greatest prophet that has ever lived. And this is why the church venerates him straight away after the Virgin Mary. And in all churches we have his icon just after the Lord Christ. And we mention him as the priest does in Bahur, or giving the incense to the icons. And every time we do the cross in front of the, the altar here. And of course, it was St. John the Baptist who saw the mystery of the Trinity that revealed to him on the day of Epiphany. That's why he was so important. John is considered the last Old Testament prophet, and his name means the grace of God. And so his mention was revealed to the world, his mission was revealed to the world that the grace of God by preparing the way of the Lord. And we know that in the Old Testament they were prophesying the coming of the Messiah or Christ and Saint John was the one that was preparing his way and his coming. So he's considered the last of the prophets. After Christ we call them saints uh, no more prophecies after the coming of Christ. The Gospel of St. Luke is the only one where we have both the account of St. John's Annunciation and also the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. No other Gospel has mentioned it. This is why we use the Gospel of St. Luke in the first chapter. In this way, Luke introduces for us the two final salvation figures, our Lord Jesus Christ who saved us from this world and John the Baptist who prepared the way for our Savior of this world. The Gospel story of St. Luke give us many parallels between St. John and Jesus and show us why it is necessary for St. John to come before Christ. This is why um, he, was, he was present before Christ, six months before Christ's coming. 
The reason is, Elizabeth gave birth to the last of the prophets. St. Mary gave birth to the fulfillment of the prophet. Elizabeth, who was the daughter of Aaron, of, of the priesthood, gave birth to the voice crying in the wilderness. And St. Mary, who's the daughter, the line of David, gave birth to the voice that makes the whole universe tremble, our Lord Jesus Christ. Elizabeth, who was barren, gave birth to him who remits sins through his priesthood. And St. Mary, the virgin, gave birth to him who redeems sins. Elizabeth gave birth to him who reconciled people to God through repentance and his message before the Lord's coming. And this is why when St. John asked the people to repent before baptism, it wasn't the act of the baptism that was important, but people to repent and ask God for forgiveness. And then they were baptized. For us, when we repent, we don't re-baptize. Baptism is only once. And it's very difficult for you to be baptized every time you sin and repent. So the church has uh, given you the gift of confession instead of repentance. That's the same idea as washing away of sins or baptism. St. Mary gave birth to him who reconciles people to God through his self-sacrifice. St. John, who baptized with water, would proclaim that Christ would come after him who would baptize with fire and the Holy Spirit. And St. John, who was filled with the Spirit, proclaims Christ who gives us the Spirit. St. John, who is the voice calling like a trumpet, proclaims Christ who will come at the end of the times, the sound of the trumpet, and everyone will see him. Through the miraculous birth of John the Baptist, to the life of the death of the St. John, who brought life to the dead womb of his mother, Elizabeth, and this symbolized that the preaching of repentance would bring life to the dead world in sin through the light of Christ. Now if we look at today's gospel, we see the hymn of Zechariah. Now Zechariah was the high priest at that time. He's considered like the Pope or Patriarch in our days today. He was the one that would go into the Holy of Holies once a year. And he was the one that decides many things for the temple of the church at that time. And he knew the scriptures very well. He knew that the Messiah is coming, but when? They didn't know. And this is why it's very important that in those days that those who give birth to a male, people would be very happy and that God has blessed them more than giving birth to the female because they knew that maybe one day this person might be the Messiah. And this is why they had this mentality back then. But we still, as Middle Eastern or Egyptians, we still have this idea 
that the male is a bit more bitter than the female. I hope we can change this idea. It's not true. The girls are much more compassionate and much more kind than some of the males that we have. So Zechariah knew that the Messiah will come. And this is why when the angel made him not speak or not hear, it was a big event and people were upset. They didn't know what was happening. But he only knew. Throughout their lives, the Israelites were under oppression. From the, the 400 years they were in Egypt and the Assyrians who conquered them and the Babylonians and now the Romans. So though for many, many hundreds of years they were under oppression and they were upset and they were waiting for the Messiah to come to give them salvation and take them out of this oppression. And Zechariah knew that his son, John the Baptist, through the Holy Spirit, will prepare the way for Christ, as the angel has explained to him. And this was a big event. For us today, who is our enemy? Is it the people that we hate? Or the people that hurt us? The people at work? The people around us? Or is it the world? Who is our greatest enemy? In truth, our greatest enemy is ourselves. Is ourself through the lusts that we have, through the hate that we have, the greed. We destroy ourselves with ourselves and through ourselves. This is why it's very important that we look after ourselves, what we do, what we say, and the acts that we we do throughout the day. We don't realize that sometimes we hurt ourselves by what we do. We hurt others by what we say and do to them. And unfortunately, we don't realize this until someone tells us, why are you doing this? Be careful. God's voice is very strong around us. So please be careful of this area. Always make sure that you are ready in every word you say. Be careful because God will judge us on every small thing that we say and every small thing that we do. But some of us, we don't really care. We just do and say what we want. But at the end, God will judge us and look to you and say, at this day you said this. Do you remember? Of course you're going to remember when you're in heaven you're, and God's in front of you, you'll remember everything. And that you hurt this person at this day and you didn't repent or confess about it. It's going to be difficult. This is why not many people enter heaven. So be careful and judge yourself. Do not judge others, but judge yourself. And always give an account of yourself in front of God.
because of his disbelief, Zechariah did not speak for nine months. But the power of John's name was enough to loosen his tongue so that he could prophesy concerning the role of John the Baptist and salvation in history. His hymn combines the Old and New Testaments together by describing the mighty acts of salvation in the past and how St. John and Jesus will fulfill these mighty acts. The Holy Spirit now fills Zechariah, and this is why he was able to sing this hymn and prophesy. At the beginning of the hymn, Zechariah acknowledges the incarnation and salvation of Christ, which is his son, John, will, be, will prepare. And he mentions the horn, the symbol of the horn in the house of David symbolizes power and royalty. David's seal will produce a horn of salvation planted in the vineyard of Israel and this vine is our beloved Lord Jesus Christ. The focus of the hymn is the remembrance of God concerning his holy covenant and the promise he made to our father Abraham. This promise is God's faithfulness to visit his people and redeem them from all their enemies, both physical and spiritual. St. John heard the voice of St. Mary when he lived in, the mother's, in his mother's womb because he recognized Christ inside of her. Now he hears the voice of his father, Zechariah, who was instructing him before he goes out into the wilderness. And as we said, St. John is called the prophet of the Most High because his position by declaring God like all the other prophets before him. St. John is the Lamb of the Lights, the way of the coming of Christ, in the same way that the law came before the coming of Christ. God's aim of incarnation was to, be, be, to bring salvation and peace to his creation. That now we sit in darkness and the shadow of death and to guide his people to peace. We read that John grew in spirit. Even though he was still a child, to be strong in the spirit means that God gives us the strength to control the desires of our flesh. And when the spirit is strong, then the body will be subjected to the command of the soul. We ask each one of you to renew his self and his soul the beginning of this year and to be prepared for the good things to come and a better year. God bless you and glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.